0: CFL fans, are you ready? Because it's time for the
1: Canadian Football Countdown on Mike FM Winnipeg.
0: The Canadian Football Countdown starts now. Well, whether you're a Bomber or a Riders fan trying to do whatever you need to do to will the BC Lions to a win this week, or you're out in Toronto trying to fish Dakota Prukop's first career touchdown pass out of Lake Ontario, we welcome you here to the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Check out cfpodnetwork.ca for all the other great shows and cfpodnetwork on Twitter as well. I'm Ryan Coop, alongside Michael Garrell. We're back together in studio again this week, and uh, There's
1: something wrong to do, not stuck in traffic, and I'm actually looking at you instead of listening to you through this box over here.
0: It's good to see you, man. How are it's you doing?
1: Good to see you, too. I thought i never see you. I know. Anyway, oh will oh the society of it instead. Everything's good? Aside from one of the busiest weeks in history but the about to come for the station... So uh passenger seat people.
0: Alright, stay tuned, I'm sure, for more announcements along the way.
1: Uh yeah, it's all it's all on uh the weekly outlook on my com. And uh feel free to bring me a coffee if you see me on the rain. That's the best way to put it.
0: Sounds good. Um final week of the CFL regular season. I'm I'm tearing up a little bit here because I'm so sad it's over. But it's a bit of a bittersweet feeling because I'm so amped up for playoff football.
1: Here's the thing, Ryan. We are, what, 20 weeks into the season now? Yep. I would argue that as disappointed as you are that the season comes to an end, I can't remember a playoffs where there has been this many storylines going into a playoff, particularly whether you agree to disagree with me on this, but I can't recall there being three legitimate football teams coming out of the West. Calgary has always seemingly been that faraway horse that everybody tries to catch, and this year, as evidenced by the final week, and if you have a page of playoff scenarios, they are straightforward, but there's a lot of possibilities, and, you know, who would have seen out east? You know, the resurgence of Montreal after firing their coach a week, few days before the season. I, and Hey,
0: I will say, you and I called it preseason. They would be hosting a home playoff game. I don't think we thought so to the magnitude they have.
1: No, and I I expected it to be a slugfest to get there. I did not expect it. Ottawa want Toronto to be as bad as they were. And, heck, when Dane Evans went down in the six to 7th game of the season. Jeremiah, or, I mean, Mazzoli. Jeremiah Mazzoli, Dane Evans came in. And then Dane Evans came in. I expected, okay, you know, sit to no Hamilton. They go 500. They finish 11-7. Probably finish first in the West, right? Or first in the East. I, for one, did not see franchise rather and a potential 15 win. 15 wins. 15. That shadows what. That's what, Calgary ish? Yeah. Of the last couple of years, 14 and 4, 13 and 5. I don't even remember a Calgary team that went 15 and 3. Maybe there was one of them. Yeah,
0: there was one a couple of years ago, I'm pretty but sure. 15 two,
1: wins ago. in. Hamilton out of the East granted the East at Toronto and ha- and Ottawa. Pardon me, and you can just pile up the wins because of that. Okay, we'll give him that. But Hamilton, fifteen wins, largely with a bat-up quarterback who is playing like a starter who deserves to be an MOP candidate, he but a be certain because... individual on his team is playing lights so. out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Brandon Banks has got the nominee in the bag. Let's, let's be real here. If yeah. it wasn't if it was questionable before this week, it's decided now. Brandon And Banks. Then, and now you
1: have Saskatchewan who lost their quarterback in week one, didn't play well in week two, started on two. And you have them with Cody Pajardo, a journeyman quarterback, literally I don't wanna say rising from me because that's not polite, but Rising up to give the Riders their, a shot at winning their first division title in a long time, and then you have an Ottawa team that started two and over. It's won one game. You and I have talked about it. The Mighty have fallen and fallen hard, and I—it's hard to feel bad for what's gone on in Ottawa because they have been spoiled. Granted, it's been. Uh, just, been a soft division the last number of years, but granted they've been to the great Top three times now in their franchise at a the distance, one at once, and now all of a sudden the bottom's falling out. Stories are plenty. Sorry for the rant, but...
0: You, you threw a lot at the window there, Mike. A lot of different pieces from a lot of different teams, so let's dissect it down one piece at a time it's, here. It's, it's
1: kind of like you throw it against the wall, and you see what sticks, and the stories are sticking...
0: The stories are sticking. That, I, I think that's the episode, episode title. title. There we go. Good job. Uh, you know, sometimes it's a struggle to come up with the titles. You know, after the show, I go and sit there for a bit. I have it all edited, and I would spend like 10 minutes trying to think, now, what did we say What that was the best t- title? Sometimes it just writes itself. So you got it there. The stories are sticking, and stick they will do. Uh, let's talk about the first one you mentioned there, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, 15-3. and three. And they're going to get to fifteen and three. Let's be real here, because they're playing the Toronto Argos this week.
1: The only reason, the only way they want get to fifteen wins is if, if Hamilton decides to set basically all those starters. Well,
0: yeah, which I mean, I don't they, think they, I
1: don't think it'll happen because they have the buy net suite. So
0: yeah, um, if you are Hamilton, you have Dane Evans, you have his backup quarterback right now who. Hayden Moore, I think it is. Yeah, Hayden Moore, got it right. David Mm -hmm. Watford's in there, do short yardage as well. Do you sit Dane Evans in week 21? Because Hamilton is the Grey Cup favorite right now. They're so well built as the entire team. Do you risk an injury to a guy like Dane Evans? Because if you remember, Hamilton was looking strong last year Mm -hmm. until Brandon Banks gets injured in week 20. And then the offense struggled a bit in the playoffs there. Well, granted, they did have the big game in round one against BC, but then they they flatlined against Ottawa.
1: I'll answer the question this way. In my mind, it's up to Dane Evans what he wants to do. In the drafts game, Dane Evans does not have a lot of snaps in CFL. But... Would you subscribe to the theory that maybe he played the quarter and that's it?
0: I i could see something like that, yeah. I'll say this. Week 21, wrapping up the fantasy leagues, just put a random lineup together because.
1: Throw to yeah, it at the wall and see what's did
0: Yeah. Repeat it yet again because who knows who's going to start? Who knows who's going to play the entire game, right? Uh, when it comes down to CFL fantasy in week 21, it's essentially a wash and that makes things very interesting, Mike. We. We'll talk more about fantasy pick them later on in the show. Um CFPN fantasy league. Top four spots are locked up right now. I did lose this past week, Travis Kerr. I'm firmly ingrained in second, so no pressure. But no, in. you
1: didn't take Danny O'Brien this week.
0: Well, but I might this week.
1: Well you didn't last
0: week. Well no, because he was on a bye. Um so I'm firmly ingrained in second place. Gives me a little bit of fun roster wiggle room for for week number we 21. We have progress,
1: gentlemen. We have progress. Talking Ryan out of questionable decisions has become a weekly job of mine.
0: Yeah, but this week I'm going <laughs> off the board completely. This week
1: it doesn't matter.
0: I might, si- I might start all BC Lions just to will them to a win.
1: Uh, why why, 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 why don't you do what our friend at Calgary does not just pick all Stampeders?
0: Yeah, top eight spots make the playoffs. All eight spots are locked in now, but spots five through eight, there's still some movement there in terms of playoff positioning. Top four are locked a place. Welcome to the party. Congrats, Travis Curra of the Tune Out CFL podcast for clinching first place with the win over me this week, a well-deserved feat for him. And uh Mike, in our fantasy challenge, Uh I told you last week, you got to make the moves. You're 150 behind, but it's not too late to fall out of this. And you made up some ground this week, man. You beat me by over 100 this week. Put up 240-something points. The highest total out of any of us all season. The Riders went off. Your Stampeders went off. Mike, you are just 50 points behind going into week number two. The 21.
1: problem is I would have rather been 50 points behind last week or two weeks ago going into this last week and not until I put up the big points, but Because there's so many lineup questions with, like you said, who's going to play, how long. And luckily my roster is constructed of teams that have a lot to play for. So we'll see where that goes.
0: We'll see what happens. Can Mike, after trailing all season long, take the win out from under my feet in week number 21? Uh, We'll we'll do our fantasy trades and our CFL pick later in the show. Um... This Hamilton-Montreal game, do, we know Montreal sat a lot of their starters. We know that uh, Vernon Adams only played a part of the game and then got replaced by Matt Schultz and then later Antonio Pipkin. Uh, we both assume this is going to be a matchup we're going to see in the East Final between Hamilton and Montreal. What did you make? Do you have any takeaways from the game this week? Uh, how, how much do you take away from what you saw?
1: Well what I took away from the game what I did see before the one to work was that uh Kahari Jones should maybe consider starting a band in the off season.
0: <laughs> Kahari Jones is my favorite coach.
1: Goodness. This guy okay, let, let's understand here. Montreal has nothing to play for as far as positioning. But Kahari Jones embodies, as do other coaches, what the CFL is. A fan-friendly, fan-engagement lead, and I'm just so glad that CFL has people like Tahari Jones, and that Kahari Jones is finally a head coach, and we get to see that personality. There was that game in Winnipeg in the week of the snowstorm. Where he's dancing all over the field? Dancing all over the field, and he's showing football like he did still play. See if I'll need more Jones. Let
0: me pitch this
1: grand scheme to you here.
0: 2020 Grey Cup halftime show, Kahari Jones. The guy can dance, he can play the air can- guitar. What can't he do? I'm sure he can belt the two. I don't
1: think he wants to be in the halftime show, but I think. He wants to be the show for four quarters and possibly more.
0: Why not? I'm sure you can do the halftime show in between.
1: Maybe. <laughs> but I'll pitch this to you. I know this is far-fetched, but wouldn't this be something? Say the Bombers don't win the Great Cup this year, which, for all <laughs> intents and purposes, we'll get to that in a minute. It's probably not likely, Assuming they finished or not to win two road games, wouldn't it be cool? Kahari Jones, coach of the Bombers, first rate up since 1990.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, Kahari Jones is out of a contract after this season. Montreal better to be doing everything in their power to try to get him back under contract.
1: And I'm not saying Michael Shea gets fired, I'm saying Michael Shea goes to Toronto. Can
0: you just imagine this after all of the turmoil through coaches, quarterbacks, Everything that Montreal has gone through since Anthony Calvillo left, they finally have a successful head coach who might be who might win Coach of the Year, and Kahari Jones. And then they can't get him extended in the off season, and uh, he goes somewhere else, and they have to go straight back through this coaching carousel. Like, could you imagine if this happens?
1: Here's the thing: CFLON the team right now, right? For now, the CFO should make a executive decision. And sign this guy to a contract. Because I hear from various CFL people if you believe you CFL people, but the Light Now brothers are gonna have some state in the Montreal Alouettes, and they love the guy. Aren't you talking to prospective owners about Corey Jones being your coach and signing them to a contract to SAP?
0: you, you have to, right? Because
1: Montreal cannot take two massive steps forward, such as what this year has been, and then all of a sudden basically reverse course and wall all the way and take four steps backwards. It, it, it doesn't work like that, unfortunately.
0: From this game, maybe a bit of a takeaway. You know, we were interested to see what this matchup was going to be because these are the two heavyweights out mm-hmm. east. I think it shows that maybe that playoff game's not a gimme for Hamilton. It's not. It's not going to be easy to go into Mon- to Hamilton in a playoff game and go and win. Let's be clear here. But Montreal, I think we've always kind of assumed the whole way. You know, Hamilton's the clear favorite, but ah. don't count out the Alouettes. And I'm so you're
1: finally subscribing to what I've been saying the last couple of weeks.
0: Well, I've always subscribed to it. I just think Hamilton is by far and away. So much of a favorite right now to win the Grey Cup just based on how they're built.
1: So how did the game change on Saturday? And we'll never know the result of this. Kari Jones deserves some real credit. Because did you remember, he took VA out of the game, tied at 14. VA was rolling. Much was playing for a playoff spot. VA's not coming out. He was on fire. It took some stones to sit him down in a game like this, but Tahari Jones had the bigger picture, man. he knows three weeks, three weekends from this past weekend, he knows very well that all roads to Calgary go through what's in front of him. So why just keep some of your playbook wrapped up and don't show them everything? Absolutely. A- and to me, Hamilton made a huge mistake. Why? To me, they've shown that everything goes through Dane Evans that defense and Brandon Baynes was there really a need to play Brandon Baines in that team? Probably not, but uh I know he cemented the MOP status,
0: yeah, he also said his but I'll tell record. you what did
1: this season mean anything if they go out on November seventeenth the Montreal goes in there and beats them
0: well, I don't know. Because I agree, I get where you're coming from on that. That, okay, you didn't, you know, what's the point of having such a great season if you didn't win? Like, go back to the Patriots, perfect season, they don't win the Super Bowl that year. Especially
1: especially knowing that you have to beat this team again. But at the end of the day, whether you go
0: on to win the Grey Cup or lose in the playoffs, if you're a Ticat player, if you're a Ticat coach, if you're a Ticat fan, you're looking at this season and saying, Heck yeah, my team just set a franchise record. Never before in the team's history has it won this many games. Think of Mike. How many bad years in the early 2000s the Hamilton Tiger Cats went through? I know you get the feeling of we had this amazing season. You're so close, and you still it, fall through empty on it. It's
1: feeling. I mean, put it to you, and I, I don't wanna, I don't wanna, you know. I'll, I'll say this, but I think you're okay with me saying this. You will a be a Lightning fan. Yes. They won the President's Trophy how many times?
0: That I don't know off the top of my head.
1: Enough times in the last number of yeah. years.
0: 62 win season last year tied the NHL record.
1: And what happened in the playoffs?
0: Swept in four games and it sucked and I'm still not over it and I hate you for bringing it up. Thanks a lot, Mike.
1: tight <laughs> fans will feel the same way you feel.
0: That's fair. You know what? That that that's a fair assessment. Because. Yeah.
1: You don't win great Cups in September and October and early November. But to me, to just, like, it, it just, maybe I'm overplaying this, but I don't know why you would show your identity to a team that is probably going punch for punch with you in the last quarter of the season as far as wins. So, the I'll
0: I'll say this. I, I get where you're coming from with the comparison between Hamilton and Tampa Bay. And yeah, but I, I think it's a little bit different in the sense that, yeah, Tampa Bay, nobody expected them to get swept by Columbus in the first right. round, right? Like, yeah, that one still stings because your team is going to my team is going to be known as one of the biggest collapses of the past decade for like years and years to come. Like, you win 62 out of 82 games in a season. What happened to Chelsea? 15
1: three. wins, 14 wins.
0: The thing that I think is different here is you have the Hamilton Tiger Cats, but you have Montreal, you have Calgary, you have Saskatchewan, you have Winnipeg. Heck, I'll throw Edmonton in there. They could surprise us in the playoffs. Like, you have all of these teams that have also been playing really good this season. And sure, they've had their flaws at times, but. It's not that drastic of a difference to me.
1: Yeah. I think my issue more becomes, and this is my issue with what happened, I have an issue that those guys played the whole game.
0: Oh, yeah, I don't think they should have either.
1: There, there was no reason no. for that. No. That That's where I'm coming at with it. Is there a reason to put Brandon Banks in the game when he's got well over 100 yards and a couple touchdowns? And quite honestly, if you lose 50 to 49 or you win 50 to 49, it's two points. But I don't know. I also don't know if you can tell professionals that you cannot win because the game means nothing. Yeah. I I also don't think you can tell a professional athlete that. But I also think it's time to use some common sense.
0: You also have to remember these guys are playing for bonuses, potentially, right? And and if you go and tell a guy. You know the CFL. The average CFL salary is not that high. Let's, we, we've okay. established that.
1: Oh, okay, but but Memphis got the and Hamilton got a buy, and right, so- you, you
0: go and tell a player, um, you're this close to getting, you know, a couple extra thousand dollars. No, sorry, you're not gonna play, right? Like, what wasn't it Andrew Harris a couple of years ago that was four yards away from a thousand yard season? Yeah, like, didn't play him in the last. Year. Yeah, like you don't. Like, that part's on the line, too, right? So, I don't know. It's a fine balance. I want to move on here, Mike.
1: Yeah, no, it, it, it's a discussion, we you i have, honestly, all night long um, on both sides. And, you know, you know, I think in the general concept, you and I agree, but maybe the whole game was a little much. Probably, yes.
0: Uh, Let's talk about the Friday night thriller. First of all, we got a lot of great games this weekend. Mm-hmm. A couple walk-off homers, that great game between Hamilton and Montreal. Uh, Friday night, Calgary comes into Winnipeg. Bombers pull out the last-second win. Keep the home playoff game hopes alive. I think the storyline here is obviously Zach Caleros. What did you think of how he played?
1: Um, a lot better than I would uh, for a dive that hasn't played in 19 weeks. Um, I think Dead Brown said this. If he could throw for a two touchdowns and an interception and about 200 yards. Regardless of the result, it would be a success. Um, This was success taken to a whole new level. Um, To me, that was absolute magic. With the Zach Kalaros avoiding the set, running in a circle,
0: throws it to Darvin Adams on the goal, on the tip of the end zone.
1: Uh, It made me rethink about the whole scenario about Darvin Adams' usage. Maybe he's being underused because the quarterback skill set doesn't fit a lot of those receivers catching balls, right? I mean, Chris Trevor oftentimes did not throw a lot of accurate football, did not throw the football a lot. So everybody's receiving yards took a hit, but. To me, I just saw something. It's no not that in Chris Chelios because I think he done an admirable job, given his experience and everything else. But I just saw something that motivated the whole team to a level that I haven't seen in quite some time, and I, I think Cuero's story plays into that, right? Like was I worried when he took that big hit from McManus.
0: Yeah, I was. I was like, are you kidding me?
1: But I honestly think that Zach Tolaros needed that hit, as sad as it sounds, to get rid of any fear of, oh no, it's going to happen again. And the other side of it, and I heard this argument too going into the week, the hit that Talaro's foot that had the concussion. People say he would have concussed any football player. Okay, I subscribe to that theory, but if there was a feel good story of this week, it was number eight in a Winnipeg Blue Ball Amateur doing exactly what he's supposed to do on that game winning drive, and hence all used the title. Game manager. Oh, no, up. we're back
0: to this again. We're back to this.
1: But I'll tell you what. He looked an awful lot like Matt Nichols. You know. Five yard out, second and short, third and one. Okay, you bring the backup quarterback in. And McGuire got some big yards. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to start Zach Tolaros in the playoffs. And you run that little package with Stravler in the game, presuming he's healthy. And you do that nickel traveler kinda of combination, but it also speaks loudly to what Jack Klaus is as a person I know I'm rambling, but this is really exciting me. When a can come in practice for one week with the number twos, then practice with the ones with the starters for two days and play the game but he did? Granted, of course, Calgary dropped two interceptions, and he probably wants that one one interception back. But the Bombers won the game, and have everybody fainting, Carlos himself, the Bombers themselves, for their mental state of the team, that we can win a game with this quarterback? The changes the whole dynamic. Well, I'll bite in here, and I'll say... I was very
0: confused watching this football game because it was like every down when we were on offense, like, I was like, oh, where's the quarterback running now? Oh, wait, he's still in the pocket, right? Because we've, it feels like Matt Nichols has been out for so long and Chris Strevler mm-hmm. has been there for so long, second and short. I'm already looking downfield to see where Chris Strebler running and then I have to go, oh, wait, Zach Kolaros doesn't run, right, I forgot. Oh, he's still in the but, pocket. Yeah, And... and you know, I, I, I'm slightly more critical of his performance. I, I think he did a great
1: job. I, I do. Uh, you have to remember, he practiced two times. The first practice was an hour. That's it. The next practice was closed, so I'm presuming it was an hour to an hour and a half. Lafalle's offense is not easy to pick up. You've got to give it some credit.
0: Oh, I, and I'm doing, if you let me finish my point here. Yeah. 22 of 28, 221 yards, two touchdowns, interception. Sure, stat line. Looks great game. Some of his throws he made, that one to Darvin Adams in the end zone, heck of a play. Was you she know, Bailey too? Uh, yeah, athletic plays. Uh, I didn't expect him to be able to escape the pressure like he did on some of those plays to get outside and make that throw. Like, yeah, that was a heck of a play. I'll give him that. I just want to play the devil's advocate here and say – how different are you and how different am I looking at this game if those two interceptions happen? Because they were straight into the hands of those Calgary Stampeder's defenders, including one that was at about the ten yard line. He catches that ball, he takes it in for a pick six. Calgary wins this football game. Hindsight is twenty yeah. twenty, but how different are we talking about Zach Loris's first start with the Bombers and our feelings of the Bombers' chances going into the playoffs if the Calgary defenders just wrap up their hands around those balls. Then you're looking at three interceptions, including yeah. a pick six that will you know, cost your team the game there. like,
1: Yeah, I understand the point.
0: I, I think he played good, but I think Kolaros also got lucky.
1: Is, is that a fair assessment? No, it's, it, it's a fair assessment, but I also think, honestly, that this game went much more and meant much more than the result on the football field. Oh, for sure. We kept a quarterback healthy for a game. He knows he can play a, a game. He got his confidence back. Winning the game and the game-winning field goal and everything that happened with that is like a script that you couldn't script out of a movie.
0: By the way, this is uh, Justin Medlock's first time kicking a home yep. walk-off field goal for the Bombers. Which is absurd to me. Maybe it's just because for so many years we lost those last second drive games, right? Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I was watching this game and I I did not get to go to this one. I was at a social Friday night, so I didn't get to go to the game. Social social
1: was First off, did somebody spoil the game for you? No. So you had no idea.
0: So, okay. Do you have a sec for a funny story? Yeah, yeah. So... No, nobody spoiled the game. and turned off all the notifications on my phone Friday night, was out late Friday night, got up Saturday morning. I was trying to look something up in the browser on my phone. Oh, dear me. But I had my C- I had CFL Pick'em still still like, as the last tab I had open on my oh, phone. No. And I recognized that when I was about to go type the URL. And so I block my phone with my hand a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I go and type in the average uh, address. I hit go. Well, before the new website loads for oh, a little no. sec, you, you, moved see, your hand. you see the current one, and I saw a checkmark in CFL pick them next to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Now, I so I, th- I I was like, well, crap, I don't know the score, but and I did pick the Bombers to win, mm-hmm. but now I know the Bombers won. And I was like, okay, well, this is still going to be a fun and exciting game to watch. All of a sudden, we're getting into the fourth quarter in this game, and I'm starting to think to myself, wait a minute, does the check mark mean the team that won on the CFL Pick'em website, or is that just the team you picked? And I'm watching this with my dad, who is at the game, and, you know, he's keeping completely silent, and we get down to the last-second Medlock field goal, and I'm like, if I actually went this entire game, assuming the Bombers win, to be wrong, and he misses this, I'm going to freak out. So he makes the field goal? I go and check after the game. What happens if you get a pick wrong in CFL Pick'Em? It just says the word incorrect on there. The checkmark shows the team you picked, not whether you got the pick correct. So inadvertently, I thought I had, by thinking I had spoiled the game for myself, I actually spoiled the game for myself.
1: So I have a question, but not related to anything on the show script. What's it like watching the game back with somebody that knows the end result? Some props to him for keeping it secret. So he gave you no intonation? Oh,
0: not at all, no. No, he's very good. He's not very even good in it.
1: the exciting moments? No, or... no. So emotionless. I
0: did tell him beforehand I thought the Bombers won based on what I saw, but yeah, nope, gave nothing away. That was a thrilling game to watch. It wasn't spoiled for me, but I'm wa- I'm watching this back, and-, and one of the things I say in the final minute of this game because the bombers were down
1: still there they were down
0: they're down about 2 minutes left they wait right, they
1: did the t- touchdown they get the ball back they do say wait right. right so bombers punt the ball 221
0: yeah and then this is the observation i had right. here what did i just witness did the bombers actually get a defensive stop mm-hmm. in the final 2 minutes of a game because yeah, yeah. So many times over Mm -hmm. so many years. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's kind of interesting watching a game, knowing slash assuming that, you know, you know who won the game Mm -hmm. because the entire way it was like, man, this is a close game. This is a really good game. Like, bombers are down by nine in the fourth. How are they pulling this out? Like, how is this going to happen? Like, two minutes left.
1: It's kind of like you know the ending somewhat. Yeah. But you've got to kind of, it's almost one of those stories where you start at the beginning. Then you go to the end, but the end it doesn't really make any sense, so you have to kind of fill the gaps in between. That was interesting.
0: Now, Bowie by Mitchell throws 350 yards, yep. four touchdown passes, zero interceptions.
1: Hello to my fantasy team.
0: Yes, and we've talked about that already. Uh, the Stampeders lose this game. How did this slip away from Calgary? Because the- for all intents and purposes, Calgary should have won this game.
1: Karma. And you have to understand the context of Bo Levi Mitchell. There was an instance after one of the touchdowns, it was the Eric Rogers touchdown, where he runs into the stands, presumably to high five some Stampeder fans. And Bo Levi Mitchell's looking at the bomber bench, pumping his fist, showing his arm. And then pumping his chest. Now, granted, Mitchell missed some throws and wide-open died and had a chance to throw the first down to end the game and all that. But it's just kind of funny how arrogance gets in the way sometimes. And you'll love Bully by Mitchell if he's on your team. He's disliked in Winnipeg because of, he's literally his whole career shredded the bombers. He's disliked everywhere but Calgary. He has enemies in Saskatchewan when commentators are saying what they're saying about Paul Levi Mitchell on game broadcasts. I won't repeat what they say.
0: (laughs) Mike, Mike, I'll I'll wrap this up real quick for you here. Winnipeg hates him. Saskatchewan hates him. BC hates him. Edmonton hates him. Hamilton hates him. Toronto hates him. Ottawa hates him. Montreal hates him. Let's move on.
1: But when you're good... Everybody will naturally hate you. But it's just going to show that nothing is in the bag until it's in the bag. Yeah. And Calgary had a lot of injuries. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, that's, does
0: that bring, you know, because, okay, Calgary, so week 21 playoff scenario, you know, Calgary beats BC. They host a home playoff game. They lose to BC. They go on the road into Winnipeg. Do the injuries Calgary sustain? Because like, BC has no Mike Riley. I think we probably both, realistically, as much as our hearts want to say BC wins, both of us are probably thinking it's likely going to be Calgary. Do the injuries start to plant a
1: seed of doubt in your mind at all? I think, to me, I would be terrified if I'm Calgary. Just from a standpoint that if I'm Calgary and I have all the injuries and the injuries are... Minor in nature, I don't play anybody, and I must say I strolled the game in BC, but I think Calgary could get away with losing in BC this week. If they faint fifth 18 to 1 to win a paid with a healthier squad, than what they're probably going to ice against BC this week. I mean, think about it, right? You'd have only by Metro at quarterback, you'd like to assume you can win anywhere.
0: I don't think you throw a football game when it means no, a no. I'm playoff not, game versus a I'm
1: not play? saying that, but you play it differently knowing that you got bullied by Mitchell, knowing that he's capable of winning anywhere.
0: I guess you're saying, do you play a precautionary so these guys don't get injured before the playoff game? Am I clarifying your point
1: uh, correctly? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying throw the game. okay? But there are other teams that would need the home game. To have a chance to move on to the next round. I don't think Calgary fits into that criteria of needing a home game.
0: But you're going to go into Winnipeg where the Bombers set a franchise record of going 8-1 and one at home this season? You're going to take that over well, Calgary Bully by was great thro- at home themselves?
1: He was two throws away from winning that game on the road. That's true. And if I doubt Bully by Mitchell, I'm liking my chances in any building in the CFL.
0: Okay, that is fair. Um, interesting thing for Calgary, their game this week is 9 p.m. on Saturday. The Riders Edmonton game will be finished really by that point, so Calgary will have an idea whether they can still finish first in the division or not by the time they play. Let's talk about the Riders quickly. The Riders mm-hmm. and the Eskimos, they played this past week it was a really good game. Again, came down to the wire. They play each other again this week. um You know, Edmonton came out with the lead, then all of a sudden the Riders put up 14 points in the second half, and it's just what we talked about last week. A slow start for Saskatchewan. They yeah, come on then... late in the game. Cody Fajardo goes in, sprinkles his magic everywhere. And they go and pull out the last second win. And uh, he lit it up in the second half. And he went to his two big guys, uh, Shaq Evans, Kyron Moore. Massive games for both. Over 150 yards, I think, for both of them. And uh, the Riders pull out the win here. So... What's the story, I guess, for both these clubs from this past week, and what's the story going into their rematch in Week 21?
1: Edmonton. Um, to me, I know Edmonton won to Montreal, but I think Edmonton needs to play all their guys this week just to get in Saint, because Edmonton seems to play so well for three-quarters of a game. When they need a defensive hold or an offensive touchdown to go ahead late in the game, they can't do it. It's like they hit a wall. They had ample opportunity, from what I understand, to get the Riders off the field on that game-winning drive.
0: I I will say I thought Trevor Harris played pretty well in his first game back. That's
1: encouraging. But to me, Edmonton's problems run deeper than a quarterback. Because you know, I was uh, I was
0: listening to the Two and Out CFL podcast on the way here, and uh, something Brazilian Ty was saying, uh, you know, is Trevor Harris isn't 100%. He still has a nagging shoulder injury. Sure, he's back there, but it's essentially an injury that flares up every time he throws it. Credit credit to Brazilian Ty for that piece of information that he was given by a source which was not named. Um, You know, Trevor Harris is still in some pain at this point. He comes out, he throws 330 yards. Like, to me, this game, I'm actually as much as, yeah, they blew it at the end. I don't know if they blew it or if the Riders are just that good that they stormed back. But this game maybe gave me at least a bit of help hope for Edmonton in the playoffs because I was ready to write off. The uh, Eskimos going into Montreal. I,
1: I, I was ready to say Montreal will bat the truck up on Edmonton in, in that western or eastern semifinal and just obliviate them by 30 points. But maybe
0: points. there's some hope for them. And I'm interested to see, like, C.J. Gable didn't play in this game. I'm interested to see if – I don't think he'll play next week. They're going to want to get him healthy for that playoff game.
1: Again, though, no, C.J. Gable hadn't seen snaps in a while. and Do
0: a dual-back system. Because Shaq Cooper's playing great.
1: Yeah. Shaq but, Cooper will be a starting running
0: back somewhere in the CFL next year. But, bold he, prediction.
1: He, here's my argument for that though CJ Dable, Shaq Cooper. Who would you rather have in the lineup? Both. We've seen the dual back system be
0: effective okay. so many places, so many times. Why are teams not doing this?
1: Uh, my question is, can you get away with playing T.J. in a playoff game after not playing a lot down the stretch? That I don't know.
0: I think so. He's still one of the best running backs in the league.
1: So if if uh, Brazilian ties sources are corrupted and Trevor Harris has pain every time he throws the football or some variation of pain, do you play him this week? I don't or, think so. Or does by not playing them. After missing all this time with injury, tip off everybody, but maybe he's not a hundred percent
0: i don't think he's gonna I don't think a week off's gonna fix that much for him right now, right like it's gut check time, it's play through the pain time, and uh you know maybe some surgery comes in the off season for trevor harris but
1: and then that's another whole.
0: and that's a another whole wait time there. Um, but, yeah, I thought Edmonton hung around. I was shocked when I looked at the score and it was, you know, 14 nothing early for the Eskimos here.
1: Um, Edmonton seems to me a lot of that teller instant of putting teams away. When you're up 14 nothing, or you're up a field goal or you're up a touchdown late, you need to put that drive together to close the book on the game. I, I don't know if I see that teller instant from Edmonton. We debated last week on the podcast Western MOP
0: nominee. We're going to do our official awards nominees next week. Uh, Two-hour special. Two-hour playoff preview season wrap-ups, regular season wrap-up special next week. So look forward to that. Uh, Double us, double the fun. Um, We debated who our Western MOP nominee would be. You were making the case, well, why, why shouldn't Brian Burnham for BC be considered? I was saying Cody Fajardo is my clear nominee. Does this sway you more in Cody Fajardo's corner, Mike? 25 of 35, 429 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions this week. Like, it's incredible to me that this guy has done what he's done this year.
1: Wasn't it interesting how Stephen Matadu, the offensive coordinator, had very little trust as far as throwing the ball in previous years. I wouldn't want to say they were a Chris traveler esque kind of offense where they were refusing to throw the ball because they didn't believe that Brandon Bridge could throw the ball. They didn't believe that David Watford could throw the ball. Going into the season, I thought the topic of discussion in the Ryder Nation was we were to come out, and," and I'm paraphrasing, of course, we weren't going to come out and hot and shot and throw for 350 yards a game and two touchdowns. But yet they've come out hot and shot and maybe William Powell has something to do with that?
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I, I'm speechless because. As far as wrong predictions go, and I've had some bad ones, I predicted the Argos to win the cup again last year and they won four games or something like that. So that didn't go according to plan. But we both had the Riders finishing last. Most people had the Riders finishing last. Now all of a sudden they're at, you know, tw- 12 and 5, potentially 13 and 5, first place in the West Division, right behind Hamilton for first place in the CFL. So what a season it's been so far for the Riders and I think Out of the three teams in the West, this team might be the most well geared up going into the playoffs because they have the hot hand right now in Cody Fajardo on that offense. We haven't even seen a lot of weeks William Powell dominate a game like we know he can. Uh, If it gets to cold, slippery, you know, November football, I like William Powell's chances. Uh, That defense for Saskatchewan is relentless. Uh, some of those guys back there and they and they have guys on special teams that can make plays we had we saw brett water make a last second you know walk off field goal again this week so yeah the riders picked up a key win this week the riders also now control their own destiny they beat edmonton again this week they will walk up first in the west division
1: question for you and i'm going to steal this from a rod peterson short vagina 30 second answer of the following four free agents, which has been the most important for the Riders? Cody Fajardo. Powell, Cody Fajardo, Fajardo. Muamba, or Mita Johnson? Cody Fajardo? Or oh, sorry, Alaminian, Fajardo, Powell, or Mita Johnson? Yeah, I was going
0: to say Muamba. I was like, coaching? Yeah, Mwamba? sorry, I screwed up. I...
1: Round number two.
0: Yeah, no, all, all good. Uh,. Well, certainly they've all made an impact. Like mimian has been a heck of a pickup on defense, and isn't Ed Hervey looking a little foolish right now for the mm-hmm. comments he made about you Noah know, Elmimian? Uh, a few
1: BC general managers are looking foolish.
0: Yeah, um, but it's got to be Cody Fajardo, right? Like, how do you sign? Like, how do you go from signing a guy? I'll tell you this: I don't know. I was not in the Riders' front office, mm-hmm. but I guarantee you, the Riders did not sign Cody Fajardo with the vision of him being the starting quarterback to lead this team the entire season long. They signed him as a serviceable backup that might be able to win you some games if Zach Loros goes down. He has crushed that.
1: Because remember, we were talking about musical chairs with the quarterbacks, right? Yep. Who would be left without a quarterback when the music stopped? Ha! <laughs> And people had so much uncertainty about that loss and everybody thought that they would go after a big-name quarterback. Turns out, and no disrespect to Cody Fajardo, maybe the bargain bin fines ends up being the better of the options.
0: That's really funny that you bring that up, because that, yeah, that that's funny thinking back about this, that all of the off-season talk, yeah, musical chairs, the Riders are the team left with none of the big free agent quarterback options.
1: And even none of the big free agent fish, other than Powell. Well,
0: turns out the Riders may have gotten the biggest chair of all.
1: Right? The future franchise quarterback, for at least for the next two years after this. But honestly, should we really be surprised with Fajardo? I mean, he was behind Ricky Ray. He was behind Travis Lule in BC. Just because
0: you're behind a great quarterback does not mean you're going to become one.
1: No, but you sold up experience. and. True. I don't know if Fajardo was really given a full chance to excel until now.
0: Fajardo is certainly one of the top young quarterbacks out there in the league right now. Quickly, let's talk about Toronto-Ottawa before we get into fantasy and picks mm-hmm. and all of that. Just two, three minutes here. We saw a lot of quarterbacks play in this game for Toronto. Some young guys, you got McLeod Bethel Thompson started. He played well, threw two touchdowns. Dakota Prukop came in, threw two touchdowns. Shout out to Rodney Smith for throwing his touchdown ball into Lake Ontario. Uh, Michael O'Connor comes in, throws a touchdown. Guess what (laughs) Rodney Smith goes and does? Throws it into the stands.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Rodney Smith was some expensive explaining to you. Yeah.
0: I think they got that one back. And I wouldn't be surprised if people go diving in Lake Ontario to try to find that touchdown ball. but
1: uh, Didn't it float? I don't know. Are football supposed to float? You
0: would think so. Maybe it's halfway in the middle of the lake by now. Who knows? Oh, Anyways, gosh. what did you think of this game? What did you think of the young quarterbacks for Toronto? They looked good, but was it actually, hey, these guys look good, or
1: I hate to say it, was it, Oh, they're playing Ottawa. To me, everybody knows how I feel about... And I was going back to old episode titles and we talked about how the Red Blacks were 2-0 and and all that kind of stuff. I have never seen the bottom fallout like the team in Ottawa. We have seen some bad CFL teams over the years. Teams that finish in last place. I don't know how... General manager survives this, Marcel Desjardins. I think Rick Campbell gets a pass this time around because
0: the only way either of them is going to survive is based on the reputation from their previous years in the Grey Cups they've made it to.
1: But But even then they weren't exactly twelve and four seasons either. Yeah.
0: The 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 issue here for Ottawa with me and why I yeah, I, I mean I never want to advocate for somebody to lose their job, but to me you can see the downfall of the Ottawa Red Blacks, and you can pinpoint it exactly on certain off season moves made by the general manager to let those big pieces Trevor Harris, Greg Ellington, Serve St Rogers, Deontay Spencer goes to the NFL. He doesn't really have any, you know, anything to do with that one, but uh Jamie Elizondo leaving, like all of these things you can exactly pinpoint where Ottawa's season went wrong, and it went wrong before the season even started.
1: It's interesting how wasn't there a discussion, are we in the off-season? Oh, don't worry, Trevor Harris's deal should be the first one done. That's all. Let's agree to a number, let's give him a blank check, and let him sign the check and move on. What happened, I'd like to know. I know we'll never know what happened, but it'd be interesting to know what truly happened.
0: I, I'm I'm interested to see here going into week 21 these young Argos QBs. I'm interested to see how Toronto's putting the time up in week 21 because sure they look good against Ottawa. I I want to see now how they do when they play Hamilton this week because. But the thing
1: is, how much of a Hamilton starter did I just see?
0: Well, that that that's true as well. But I'm excited to see it. Uh, let's wrap things up because we're in the final five minutes here. Start
1: Michael Condal, please, please, please.
0: All right, let's wrap things up. CFL Fantasy, we talked about the totals. You made up 100 on me last week. You're 50 behind. What are you making as your two trades going into week 21? I am
1: releasing Terrell Sutton, Adam Marcus Fade, paying to give me that dual bat for the Riders. I am releasing Nick Dempsey, and I said the Bombers are on a buy, and that's basically a roster spot that I should use, and I'm really pitting up a guy that I got rid of earlier in the season, Tyram Moore.
0: Okay, I am, for my two moves, I am dropping Chris Stravler. Bombers are on a bye. He's injured. Picking up Danny O'Brien. I'm going to will the BC Lions to a win over Calgary and hope he, hoping Danny O'Brien plays a great game. And then for my other move, uh, Darrell Walker's been injured for the past two weeks. I am dropping him. Picking up his Argos teammate, Armonte Edwards. Guarantee you, at least 50 something yards this week from Armonte Edwards because he's 56 away from hitting a thousand on the season. You know, probably the,
1: another bonus. Let's just say.
0: You know, the Argos with nothing else to play for are going to be pushing to try to get him that his first one of his career. So yeah, I I, I would bank a little bit on Armonte Edwards having a good week, and he's been a great player this season for them. Uh, CFPN fantasy league. I do play uh, Sheldon from Horseman Radio. Uh, this week. Uh, again, I'm locked into second place in the standings, but hey, you know, I'm trying to finish strong. Trying to squeak into the top 100 overall in the world in CFL Fantasy. Am I...
1: Remember what I said on Twitter. Your job is still under evaluation, and you play the game from start to finish. Just kidding. Yes, Mike.
0: Uh, I'm about 175th place right now. 187. So maybe I can squeak into...
1: You have a job. Get in the top 100.
0: I'll see if I can do it. Uh, CFL Pick'Em, uh, last week you went two and two, you Mm -hmm. did pick the, uh, Eskimos to beat the Riders, I believe you also picked...
1: I can't remember if I changed my pick to the Bombers.
0: You did, but you picked Montreal to beat Hamilton. Okay. Yeah, so two and two, you would have gone one and three, but you did switch Calgary to Winnipeg, you texted me about that. Yeah. Um... I forgot on the CFL Pick'Em website to lock in my last two picks of the week, so it doesn't
1: officially Ryan. count on there.
0: But I did go 4-0 and this week for the second week in a row. So uh, getting hot but here. But
1: the Arnold didn't ruin your streak, and they probably will this week. Wait for it.
0: Yeah. If, if Toronto beats Hamilton in week 21 to ruin my streak, screw that. Um, okay, quickly, two minutes here. Picks: uh, Ottawa hosting Montreal uh, on Friday night. I'll take Montreal. I don't think.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna take Montreal's bats up, speeding, uh Ottawa starters. Sorry.
0: Uh, Saskatchewan hosting Edmonton, in the rematch from last week. Generally, I pick the split, but I'm gonna take the Riders at home with a lot
1: to play for this week. Yeah, I agree. I think the Riders backed up the truck on Edmonton, a team but I would suggest should rest some players for that crossover game. Trevor Harris being one of them, but that's just me. I expect the Riders to win by 17.
0: Well, I think it'll be a closer game than that. But uh, Hamilton hosting Toronto, like we said, how much is Hamilton going to put? How, how many guys are, is Hamilton actually going to play this week is what intrigues me here, but. He, I think Hamilton's such a deep team that even if they start their backups, for the most part, I think they can still pull out a win over the Argos. I'm
1: taking Hamilton. I'm picking Michael O'Connor to throw a game-winning touchdown Argos. Assuming he plays. He will.
0: Yeah. Okay, you're taking Toronto to prevent Hamilton from that 15th win. And final game of the week, uh, Calgary in BC facing the Lions. My heart says BC. My head says Calgary's got this one. If Mike Riley's in there, it's a different story. But uh, I'm going to be willing BC to a win, but I'm taking Calgary.
1: Yeah, let's be clear. My allegiance lies with BC, but uh, the real side of me says Calgary. All right, that does it for this week's show. We'll be back two hours
0: next week to preview the playoffs. Playoffs?
1: Playoffs? They're talking about the playoffs? Yes, yes we next are.
0: week we're talking playoffs here on the Canadian Football Countdown. Follow us on Twitter, at CFC on Mike FM. Uh, we are a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network, at Network on Twitter for all of that. For Michael Garrell, I'm Ryan Coop saying thank you for listening and tuning in as always. Uh, we'll catch you next week, and enjoy the last week of the regular season. Bye.